After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another Baseball America Pro Podcast. I am Carlos Colazzo, hosting the podcast today. On the line, we have Kyle Glazer, who is in Arizona, watching a bunch of really good prospects. Kyle, how's it going, man? Doing great, Carlos. You know, the Fall League is always one of uh, the best trips of the year. You've got gorgeous weather, great facilities, and, you know, seeing all the best prospects on the field together, it's both instructive and just plain fun. Yeah, for me, I'm here just kind of making calls and uh, doing some reporting for the handbook, and you're out, out there actually watching these guys. So I'm a little envious of you. You also probably have fantastic weather out there. Uh, we can touch <laughs> on that if you want. But you've seen some really good players I want to kind of just jump right into that. I know normally for the Fall League, at least when you go down there, I know you've said that you don't always see the top arms, maybe because they're either worn down at that point or kind of shut things down. But but this year that seems to be different. Um, you've written about this on the site, uh, and I know you wanted to talk about that today, but who are some of the arms that have really impressed you? Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, I normally come out here this uh, first week of November, or second week of November, I should say, which is, you know, right near the end of the fall league, and a lot of the best arms are definitely a little worn out. But we're not seeing that this year, in part because a lot of these guys were injured, mm-hmm. and now they're just kind of still ramping up and getting their innings. Uh, Nate Pearson's obviously the big name out here. Uh, I saw him on Wednesday. What was most impressive to me, though, was, look, everyone's seeing the headlines, ooh, he touched 104, he touched 104, <laughs> which is incredible. Don't get me wrong. But as I wrote on the site, you know, he had an ERA over 11. For as much as he was touching 104, 103, 102 in, in some of the games, 104 was in the Fall Stars game. Yeah. You know, he was giving up 19 hits and 14 runs in 11 in the third innings. Um, you know, again, we talk about this. You can throw as hard as you want. If you just chuck fastballs and they're not located, they're going to get hit even at 102. So what was really impressive to me seeing him Wednesday was he kind of dialed it back a little bit and he started seeing him mix. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, he's still throwing, you know, upper 90s fastballs, getting into 100, 101. But three of his five strikeouts came on his curveball. That was a really good pitch. Mm-hmm. He was able to both land it and bury it. Um, his slider was, was hard and not as effective as his curveball, but effective and, and a good pitch as well. Yeah. You know, and he has, he, it's interesting, he calls it his changeup, but really it's an 89 to 92 mile an hour two seamer. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, there, there's really clearly not like that great changeup feel yet because he's just a guy who you know still throws hard. But an 89, 92 mile an hour, you know, two seam type pitch with hard action in on right handers hands is still a really difficult pitch to do anything with. So all of a sudden, you see him throwing out you know four pitches, mixing them well, 
and you see, you know, why, you know, there's a sense he could be really, really, really good if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not just that he throws hard, which, again, is important. Yeah. But now that he's, you know, showing with these abilities to make some match and hit different spots of his own and land his breaking balls and bury them, that's when he's at his best. And really for the first time we saw that on Wednesday, and it really stood out. Yeah, where do you kind of see his stock being at at this point? I mean, Pearson was a guy who was drafted in the first round in 2017 with a really strong Juco arms class that year. Really impressed people, right, kind of right when he jumped into pro ball. I mean, I know he wowed a ton of scouts. Uh, and then he got injured this year. He only threw, I think, like one, two-thirds innings this season after getting hurt. Uh, and then now, obviously, impressing you in the fall league. Where do you kind of see his stock at this point? Well, if they redrafted the 2017 draft today, he wouldn't last to uh, 28th overall, <laughs> 28, that's no. for sure. Uh, well, it was the 27th or 28th, whatever it is, he would have been picked about 20 picks higher at least. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think there's no question his stock has really, really risen pretty dramatically. Um, you know, I was sitting next to uh, a major league scout. That's kind of one of the fun things about uh, about the fall, I guess. There's a lot of scouts there who are... They're maybe not doing their normal coverages. I've seen that show who does only major league scout, has no you know prospect background. Uh, but he came out to just see guys. And he's like, well, he's not my target list. And this was a scout. You know, we joke and laugh at people to say, but this was a scout who's being very very picky and only said that about two or three guys in the entire game. Yeah, which was a surprise in Scottsdale. Um, and and with Pearson, you can definitely see you know someone that. Everyone is seeing this is what he can be at his best, particularly with his outing on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, now the trick is just going to be durability, right? He had the oblique injury to start the year, and then he, uh, through no fault of his own, got hit by a comebacker and broke his ulna. So, um, but at the same time, he now has 21 and two-thirds professional innings in two years, and a big part of being a top pitching prospect is showing you can hold this stuff over, you know, the into course of May, a season. into June, into July, into August, when all mm-hmm. of a sudden it's hot and your innings are creeping up into 130, 140. So uh, on that sense, yes, he's absolutely risen, but you can't really say anyone's a frontline starter until they show they can hold their stuff. And that's going to be the next step, seeing if he can stay on the mound long enough next year to hold his stuff and prove, hey, I have this durability to mm-hmm. go with this electric arsenal. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. There's another pitcher in the 2017 draft class that I know impressed you. He has thrown a few more innings than Pearson to this point, actually went with the number 16 overall pick, and that is J.B. Bukowskis, who came out of the triangle out of UNC. Uh, He's dealt with some injuries as well, um, but also impressed you and apparently allowed Vladi to swing and miss on a pitch. That never happens. I didn't know Vladimir Guerrero was allowed to swing and miss. What you got on J.B. Bukowskis? (laughs) Yeah, he, uh, he, he... He got Vlad uh, a couple times. You know, J.B. Bukowskis was opposite Nate Pearson in that start. You know, his line was not as impressive. Uh, his fastball command was, was not great. Mm-hmm. He was really, you know, in the past, he's like sit 94, 96, touch 98. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he just ramped up to face Pearson or what. He was 96, 97 the whole way, touch some eights. You didn't see a single fastball below 96. Yeah. Um, but with that, the fastball command was really scattered. He mm-hmm. missed uh, he missed high, he missed low, he missed in, he missed out. He walked five guys in, in three three plus innings. Um, at the same time, when he was in the zone, he was not very hittable. Mm-hmm. And we saw that with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You know, his slider, as we talked about, was considered the best breaking pitch in the entire 2017 draft class. And it is playing against the best professional mm-hmm. prospects in baseball. Um, it is a 
nasty, nasty pitch. Uh, Vlad Guerrero, you know, Jr. didn't just swing and miss on it. He pulled off that puppy. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just like a, oh, he stayed back on and just missed it. I mean, he was way out in front pulling off yeah. of it, which does not happen. And then Bukowskis came back and threw, threw it at him again, a second straight pitch, and all Vlad could do was just kind of weakly chop it to second base. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime you have that level of pitch, I mean, we, we know it's an out pitch. It's been an out pitch for years. But seeing a play against, you know, the best hitter in minor league baseball and a, and a consensus, you know, easy future plus hitter and probably higher, um, it's impressive. So I think Bukowskis, look, there's still a lot of effort mm-hmm. in the delivery. You see the scattered fastball command a little bit and just all that with the slight body and a two-pitch mix. He really didn't show his change at the last start. It was really just fastball slider. <laughs> you know, it's easy to, to see a power reliever closer at the end of games. But, you know, he has a nice pedigree to start. You're going to leave him starting for as mm-hmm. long as he can. Uh, I think there's a very real chance he will help the Houston Astros next year in some form or fashion. Yeah, let me run this by you, Kyle. When I watched uh, Bukowskis uh, as a college arm, I remember thinking just kind of routinely as I would watch him uh, Friday, Friday night after Friday night, I always found him kind of pitching off of his slider, and I wondered if that would change in the pro game, obviously his slider is such a great pitch, you want to go to it often, and in the college game you kind of see that a lot. Um, but I also remember seeing his fastball command coming in pretty spotty, pretty regularly, uh, at least his junior season. Was there any concern for you in this start? Obviously it was just three innings. Was there any concern to you that he was pitching too much off of the slider, and do you think that maybe is part of the, uh, the reason the fastball command is so spotty, or did you see a concerted effort uh, to kind of figure out that fastball? There was a concerted effort to figure out the fastball. He he was pitching off of his fastball mm-hmm. in this particular outing. Uh, it just, you know, was, was not. And look, when he got up the zone, it was great, right? I mean, you saw, you know, again, 96-97 through the zone. Uh, he definitely spotted it a few times. He was really good at elevating it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had one particularly, uh, you know, good sequence where, in this case, he did pitch backwards to a lefty and then started clearly off with two sliders and then elevated the fastball. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there, there's definitely the ability there, and he did make the concerted effort to pitch off his fastball um, just on this particular day. And I think he actually might have got through four complete. There's either three and two-thirds or four complete. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, again, only three hits and one run allowed, which, you know, hey, the stuff is hard to get a hold of. It's just the five walks with two strikeouts is a little indicative of some of the strides he needs to make. Gotcha. No doubt. All right, well, appreciate the info on those two guys. I know there's still a couple more arms you wanted to talk about. Is there anyone you want to touch off with? I know John Duplantier really impressed you as well, Melvin Adone. What about these guys really stood out to you? Yeah, you know, Pearson and, and, and Bukowskis are, are obviously guys that get a lot of attention, partially because, you know, Pearson is, is the big new name. He mm-hmm. plays, you know, Toronto's, you know, obviously got the entire uh, – baseball Canadian baseball world attention the Blue Jays so he gets a lot of love and you know Bukowski is being with the Astros and and all the attention on them being where they are the major league franchise Mm -hmm. I guess a lot of love the Diamondbacks are kind of one of the teams that gets probably the most attention uh national media wise in the country I I remember being at the all-star game in Miami last year and Paul Goldschmidt who at that time looked like he probably going to be the NL MVP. Mm-hmm. We're just sitting there with no one interviewing him while <laughs> a lot of lesser players were yeah. being pounded. It was really weird. Um, you know, and, and in that case, you know, John Duplantier, who I was kind of banging the table on last year a little bit, and then he had the lowest ERA of any minor leaguer since Justin Verlander last year. Yeah, that was a 1.39 you know, ERA. 
in yeah. uh, low A and high A in 136 innings. Pretty good season. Yeah, and pitching the Cal League for, for half of that. Um, you know, then with this season, you know, he, he battled injuries, which has kind of been his story. But coming out last night, or two nights ago, I should say, on Tuesday, um, he would, wow, that's three nights ago. Sorry, <laughs> when you're traveling, you know. It runs together when really you're out of the off. field all day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, what, what day was that? Um, four two-thirds, struck out nine. It was the most strikeouts of any pitcher in the fall league in a decade. You know, again, not Force Whitley did that, not Nate Pearson, not J.B. Bukowskis, John Duplantier. And what was so impressive was, you know, the report on Duplantier has been pretty consistent. You know, it was 92-94, a lot of threes and fours, mm-hmm. above, average, above average slider, above average curveball, you know. Everything's really good. It's a complete arsenal, you know, that perfect number four, maybe number three starter, right? Yeah. Well, on Tuesday... He's 94 to 96, and he held it through his entire outing. I didn't. I saw one fastball at 92, one at 93, and everything was four to six. So you have that velocity that you know was, I mean, a completely different level. It was running in on right-handed batters. I mean, he got Peter Alonso on a swing that was just silly. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of a, a fold him in half type of swing around his hands, if that makes sense. And then. He was throwing both a slider in the upper 80s and a power curve in the lower 80s that were just disgusting. And all of a sudden, you go from a guy, you know, sitting and talking to scouts in attendance, they're throwing sixes, pluses on all three of these pitches. Mm-hmm. And Bo, by the way, he's throwing them for strikes, too. Yeah, that'll work. So all of a sudden, you go from a guy who, you know, everything's above average, he's a good athlete, and now he's showing you three-plus pitches for strikes with some deception out of his delivery. Mm-hmm. And that's, he's had... That's no long... That's an elite pitching prospect. Yeah, and he's, he's succeeded every year since he's been a pro. We mentioned the ERA in 2017 and 2018 between uh, the Arizona League and AA. He posted a 2.55 ERA over 74 innings with solid strikeout to walk rates as well. The walk rate was a little bit up from 2017, but... I mean, he's really putting together a really nice career, and with the with the tick up and stuff, if that's real, I mean, watch out. Yeah, so I'll be the biggest thing with him. Again, injuries have been a persistent problem, and then I talked to a couple of Diamondbacks officials after the game, and they said, you know, again, some of the stuff this year was the shoulder had barked at him a little mm-hmm. bit, but now, right now, we are seeing this is John Duplant here when he is 100% healthy and there's no rust on him, and... You know, before it was, hey, he might be a number four starter. The mm-hmm. guy that showed up last night was a front of the rotation starter, maybe a number two. Um, so we'll, we'll see if he can maintain it, maintain his health. But, uh, you know, again, we talk about the folly being a time when guys can kind of, you know, raise their stocks but, but really show, you know, the level of development they have. And mm-hmm. John Duplant here, as much as any player in the fall league, has, has shown that this week in particular. Yeah, no doubt. It's great here. Uh, another arm that I want to talk about is uh, Giants right-hander Melvin Adone. Now, he's a guy that did not have a great season this year, statistically, just looking at the line. Uh, but he impressed you. Another one of these arms that, uh, that really stood out to you. Uh, what did you see from Melvin? Yeah, so I saw Melvin earlier this year with San Jose, and he was piggybacking off of Tyler Beatty's start. And they, the Giants used him as a starter the entire year. But Melvin Adon was one of those guys that you see him, and really clearly it's like there's no reason to start him, put him in the bullpen mm-hmm. right now and just do it. Because his first inning or two out of the bullpen, he was 101, 102, with just <laughs> a nasty slider he could backdoor to lefties. 
But then by the fourth inning, he's down to 95 with, you know, the slider just kind of starts getting loopy. You can see him sweating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a, a high effort, you know, sidearm around the body delivery. Uh, it's not really sidearm, but, you know, it's kind of a wrap around mm-hmm. the body delivery, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and it's just like, yeah, there's no reason to start this guy. And so the numbers as a starter in San Jose this year were not good. When you say Cali, 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 well, San Jose is a pitcher's park and many of the North Stadiums are. He was not playing in Lancaster all that mm-hmm. often. So he comes out here, and they're using him out of the bullpen. And this is where you say, yes, this is what he can be. He's got a sub-1 ERA, 21 strikeouts to two walks, showed you the fastball, past 100. And, you know, we talk about Bukowski's slider getting Vladdy. You know, Adon fell behind Vlad on uh, two fastballs. He stole a bit wild. He's a big man with long limbs. Mm-hmm. So he's down 2-0, uncorks a, a really good slider, and Vlad just rolls over it for a chopper at third base. It sounds like the book on Vladdy is just throwing sliders. You know, it's funny, <laughs> right? Um, someone here was asking me, what would you put on Vlad's current hit grade? And, and again, future grade, we all agree. That number is 70 or 80. Mm-hmm. Current grade, you know, I said I have a hard time putting a 70 on him right now because just in the at-bats I've seen from him out here, I've seen him pull off of sliders a little more than I'd like as mm-hmm. opposed to, like, waiting back on them. Yeah. But, again, this is still a superstar, you know, 19, 20-year-old who's, who's going to be a tremendous hitter. But there's definitely, you know, again, it's the end of the season. It, it's a small sample size. Maybe it's nothing. But it's something I've noticed this week that he'll pull off that slider a little bit. Now, again, these are great sliders. He's facing Bukowskis and Adon. These are coming in at 88 miles an hour, easy 60 to 70 grade pitches. So, again, give the pitchers credit for having <laughs> nasty stuff, too. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, that's Adon. Are there any other, any other arms that you wanted to touch on before we jump into some of these hitters? Those were the main ones. Uh, one guy that I had not heard of and that just kind of impressed me a little bit, Marlins reliever Kyle Keller came mm-hmm. out of nowhere, you know, 95-96, up in the zone. He's one of those guys where he was throwing just fastballs. Guys yeah. knew it was coming, and they were still swinging through it. Uh, came out, had a relief appearance where through 13 pitches, 12 were strikes, a lot of them swinging. Just again, you know, every year there's someone in the fall league that's not a big, sexy prospect, mm-hmm. but you watch them like, guy's got something that can help somewhere and and Kyle Keller is just one of those guys that you see what he's throwing there's real stuff in there to help in the bullpen you know within the next year yeah Kyle Keller he's a guy who got innings at high A double A and triple A this year through 52 and two-thirds posted 3.08 ERA and he actually had a strikeout for nine of 13.3 so those are some really good numbers uh, with uh, I believe it was only a couple innings in the PCL but Definitely a good season for him, and with the reports that you're that you're saying from the fall league, maybe his stock is trending up as well. Good to hear. Yeah, absolutely. That, that that's a big league arm, plain and simple. Yep. All right, we got some hitters as well. It wasn't just pitchers that you're seeing. I know Cole Tucker impressed Jazz Chisholm, and then another recent draft guy who I like when you talk about these guys because I've actually seen these guys play in person. Uh, Nico Horner. Who do you want to start with of this group? Well, I mean, the big kicker, these these are all shortstops. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's been impressive to me, the up-the-middle talent at shortstop here in the fall league. Uh, there's been a lot of guys who are really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I think Cole Tucker is probably the, the interesting guy to start with because he was drafted in 2014, and at the time, there was a lot of people who thought that was an overdraft. Mm-hmm. You know, again, 
good player, you know, had some speed, but but no one saw him as like a first rounder. And his career so far with the Pirates. There's been some injuries in there, but it's been like really up and down. Like mm-hmm. he's one of the hardest guys to kind of get a grasp on because there's things he does really, really well, and other things that he does okay, but it's not reflected the numbers. So you get a lot of mixed opinions about him. Mm-hmm. But he's still a young kid, and it's a 2014 draft, which feels like an eternity ago, but he's still just 22. Yep. And Watching him in the fall league, you're kind of starting to see it all finally click and come together. Um, you know, during the first half of this year, he really struggled. And then the second half, you saw the light bulb go off. Uh, I think he hit 308 with a 370 on base, the second half of double A. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, power's not really his game. The slug was still like 407. But you see him, again, talking to some, some people with Pirates coverage. They could see it. It was starting to come together. And the fall, like, he's been great. He's been, you know, kind of a true leadoff hitter, lining the ball, you know, back up the middle, you know, finding holes, uh, showing off plus speed. He's mm-hmm. been really impressive defensively, making some tough plays look easy, getting the plays, you know, getting the ball on his backhand uh, to his left up the middle, mm-hmm. showing you not just a plus arm, but a plus accurate arm at its best. Um, you know, this is a guy that is showing you all-around skills with polish. It's not just a wild and, and crazy like some of these other guys we're going to talk about. So mm-hmm. I, I think from a position player standpoint, you know, Cole Tucker went from, you know, a we'll see kind of guy to it, it looks like it's really starting to click. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it sounds like he does kind of everything pretty well. Another guy, Chisholm, he's a couple years younger, 20 years old. He's a smaller guy, uh, but he crushed some home runs this season as well. What did you see from Chisholm? You know, you talk. We talk about you know small guys, not not you know it's not necessarily indicative of, of power anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5'11", 165, and that's about right. He hit 25 home runs this year yeah, and uh, <laughs> got three home runs, seven games here in the fall league. He's on the you know the taxi squad, and uh, I, I gotta tell you, man. I mean, he hit a ball. So so Arizona at night, the ball does not travel, and a lot of these spring training stadiums are, are pretty large. And these are still minor leaguers, kids are still growing into their strength. So you really don't see a lot of home runs in the fall league. You see a lot of balls that are struck really well off yeah. the bat and they kind of fall into the gap. Jazz Chisel, man, I mean, he hit a ball 430 feet out to dead center at night in Salt River. And it was just, I mean, it was, it was incredible to watch. Um, you know, you see a, a kid who is crazy athletic, crazy fast hands, there's a real thump at the bat. And before, you know, the thump was kind of he's going to drop the barrel and pull it to right. Seeing him hit that home run to center and kind of mm-hmm. keep his bat level through the zone, that was, that was impressive. Um, you know, he's still he's 20 years old. There's a lot of electricity to his game. Uh, there's also a lot of erratic uh, aspects of his game. You know, you'll see mm-hmm. him throw some balls away, uh, hopefully really fast, too fast sometimes. Um, you know, he's, he's bobbled a few ground balls because, again, I think he's trying to play so fast. Yeah. It's not that the hands aren't good. It's just you can see him. You need to dial it back a little bit. And that aggressiveness shows up in the box sometimes, too. But, you know, he's really making hard contact, hard contact. You know, I think it's two doubles and three triples. He laced a, a double to the opposite field uh, as, as well in the game I saw. This is an impressive, impressive player. And... 
you know, he's going to be one of the top prospects in the Diamondback system. He already is. Mm-hmm. When you talk about top 100-looking players, this is a top 100-looking player. Well, that's awesome. The Diamondbacks with a couple really impressive players in the Fall League that you get to put eyes on. Maybe they'll get a little more attention for these guys, but uh, that's good to hear. Another guy, another shortstop who impressed you is Nico Horner. I actually got to see him with Stanford. Uh, when I saw him, he was kind of a solid all-around player. Some scouts questioned if he'd stick at shortstop, but really the hit tool was kind of the carrying tool for him. Uh, and it sounds like that's kind of what he's been so far in his, his pro debut. What did you see from Nico? Dude can hit. I mean, it, you know, it's funny, right? <laughs> he's I think a strong a kid. We, yeah, you know, a lot of times throughout, like, the amateur draft, there's, you know, sometimes there's focus on, will he stick it short, will he stick it short, will he stick it short. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what gets guys the big leagues is their bat. If you can really, really legitimately hit, they will find a spot for mm-hmm. you. And there is a strong, growing consensus that Nico Horner can really, really legitimately hit. Um, the amount of hard contact he makes to all fields. You'll see him shoot balls, you know, to right center, up the middle, you know, down the pole, down the line to left field. I mean, it's hard contact. Even his outs, you know, he's hitting them hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's that sound off the bat you want to see. And, and it's you know, this is a guy you mentioned was playing college baseball six months ago. Yep. Now he's squaring up a lot of really good arms who have double A, triple A experience. Yeah, so um, he went up. Have a, he, he went oh, up as high as the Midwest League this year. Played in rookie ball, low A, uh, and hit 327, 450, uh combined across all of those levels and 60 plate appearances. So a, a pretty good start. Also with nine walks and four strikeouts. So really, he's getting it done in all phases at the plate. Yeah, and that's one thing here in the fall league. Like, I think he's at 16 strikeouts and two walks, so he has not mm-hmm. been, you know, particularly you know, patient within the zone. But some of that is when he gets a pitch in the zone to hit, he's not for the most part. For the most part, he's not missing it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a really impressive young hitter, and you know, the Cubs have a really, really strong track record when it comes to drafting and developing no uh, infielders uh, in particular. And and I think that you know, we talked about it before the draft. There was a lot of Nico Horner might be more of a second-round type pick. Uh, the Cubs obviously jumped on him way earlier, picked him in the first round, and right now they're looking like the ones who got it right. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Well, those are three interesting shortstops. A lot of love for those guys. But when you go watch baseball, inevitably you also see some bad performances. Kyle, we've talked about the good ones so far. There have been a couple of players who have not really stood out to you. Uh, let's break down these guys. A couple of first basemen that you just haven't haven't seen super great so far. Yeah, so you know we talked about the Diamondbacks guy, the Duplantier and Chisholm. Um, you know the other guy who just continues to disappoint is Taven Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know did not have a good year in Visalia. Uh, you know that three ninety two slugging percentage as a college guy. You know the seventh overall pick playing not just in, in the hitter-friendly league in California, but playing in Visalia, which is a very hitter-friendly park, particularly for left-handed hitters. Mm-hmm. They can dig it out to a, to the wall and right pretty easily. <clears throat> um, you know, you saw that, and one of the things as I was doing the Cal League that came up is evaluators weren't even seeing the raw power. They saw kind of a swing was not very fast. It was kind of a, a slower swing, and there really just wasn't power in there. And you know, maybe it's first full year, he's working on some things. You know, he did a little better toward the back half where you say, okay, maybe something's getting better here. Uh, and the numbers in the fall, you know, the average and the on-base are fine, but you're watching them play and there's just, you just don't see any power. It's a 309 slug. And again, you don't see the swing for it to, to really project power. You don't see the bat speed for it. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, again, it's, it's really just a lot of kind of slow, you know, ground balls and, and low liners that mm-hmm. aren't hit very hard. And I think it's it's a concern now because this isn't just, oh, it's a bad week. This is now, you know, even when he was in uh, after signing and went up to the, uh, the, I forget if it was the Pioneer League or Northwest League last year. Northwest League. There was not a lot of, there was not a lot of power either. Yeah, so the Northwest so, League last year, he didn't hit a home run in 51 games. Uh, he had a 318-401-415 line. That slugging is down this year, despite the 11 home runs that he actually has with Visalia. So the, the home runs did show up, but I mean, again, this is kind of the consistent theme that we've heard with Smith since he's been drafted. There are questions about his power pre-draft as well. He was just such a good hitter with Virginia, but the fact that your first baseman drafted top 10 is not showing power, that is definitely concerning, uh, as you're pointing out. And, and even, you know, and it's one of those things where sometimes you see guys and while the home run numbers aren't there, you can project something, right? If someone's consistently squaring some balls up, mm-hmm. driving them into the gaps, or even if, you know, it's a deep fly ball that they're falling, you know, just short, like, you know, you can still see the quality of contacts and say, okay, it's not there yet, but you can see it's in there, it's getting close, maybe they make a tweak here or there. You just don't see that with Smith. Again, it's a lot of soft contact, ground ball, weak ground balls, and mm-hmm. kind of low liners that just fall, and, and it's it's concerning so you know we'll see what happens in, in the next year or so but uh, you know uh, just to be frank you know just talking around with scouts there a lot of them and this was a theme I got throughout the Cal League and, and getting it here in the Fall League is they just don't really consider him much of a prospect I mean it's like what am I going to do with a first baseman with no power and yeah all I can really play it is definitely a tough so, profile not the start that uh, Pavin Smith wanted, or certainly the Diamondbacks. Uh, another team that's got a, a first baseman that struggled a little bit is the Mets. Uh, second round pick in 2016, Peter Alonzo. Uh, this year he played in double A and triple A, hit 285, 395, 579, so pretty solid numbers there. 36 home runs, but uh, he hasn't looked great in the fall league. That's the case. So. Peter Alonzo is kind of the opposite of Pavin Smith, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Pavin Smith will play some good defense. Um, you know, he, he, he gets home base. I came into the fall league really curious to see Alonzo's development with two things. After after making the calls on him in the Pacific Coast League, mm-hmm. two things I wanted to see. One, how would he fare against the better pitching? Because that came up a bit in the PCL, that there was a sense he was just kind of beating up on the, on the mediocre pitching and the mm-hmm. better pitching was getting him out. And then just where is the defense? Because, um, you know, we've heard a lot about it. And both both questions have been answered in the negative. Alonzo has, is showing power. Don't get me wrong. He, I saw him take Justin Steele yard. Um, you know, Justin Steele made a mistake from an elevated fastball, and Alonzo can get to that. You know, we saw him turn around. Nate Pearson ran a 103-mile-an-hour fastball as well. But if you throw a Peter Alonzo a fastball, particularly one that he's waiting on, he will kill it. There is zero question about that. That's a really good place to start. At the same time, you know, I talked to someone out here, an observer, and I said, you know, when I first got out here and I hadn't seen Peter yet, I said, so how's he looking to you? And the observer, his exact words were, I'm still not sure he could hit a slider. Mm-hmm. And right now, Peter Alonzo is uh, down, I think it's 260, 312 as his uh, average on base. He had the second most strikeouts in the fall league, uh, 25 punchouts um, in about uh, 82 at bats. If you have the walks in there, I think he's up to you know, 90, 95 some odd plate appearances. Mm-hmm. Pretty high K rate. 
and he's really struggling, um, you know, against the better pitching. I saw John, you know, I saw him beat up on Justin Steele, who was you no know, lefty, ninety-one, ninety-four, who's mm-hmm. fine, but. You know, I, I saw him also, you know, when he faced John Duplantier, he got tied in knots. The second time he faced Nate Pearson, you know, three times over, he got tied in knots. Um, mm-hmm. He's swinging through mostly anything with spin. Uh, when pitchers are throwing some fastballs that have a little bit of arm side run in on him and he can't get his arms extended, it's a lot of awkward check sweep type types. So there is real concern about whether or not he's actually you know, able to hit the better pitching. Mm-hmm. The second part of it is the defense is uh, it, it's really, 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 really not good. You know, and, and I talked about this on the podcast with the you know a few weeks back where Mets fans were kind of clamoring, you know, doing the roll in their eyes like, oh, he has to work on his defense as if it was the same situation with Vlad and the Blue Jays and mm-hmm. Eli with the White Sox. It's not. This is this is you cannot put this in City Field right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if only we had it, a DH in like, the National League, Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> that, no, that's it. That's and and you know it's 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 again. I, I, yeah, I asked my evaluator. So do you put a twenty on this? He said, Yeah. I mean, it is a true bottom of the scale defense right now, um, and it, it's problematic. So. You know, it's basic ground balls getting butchered. It's it's an awkward hop leaving him to trip over himself. It's you know he made one nice scoop out of the dirt, but he he missed two others that he probably should that major league first baseman do get. Uh, there was a takeoff throw that that he he misplayed as well. Um, you know, it, it's it's not good. Yeah, and it's something where you know I know Mets fans and Mets Twitter's clamoring for him, but. <laughs> he gets up there and starts doing what he's doing, they're going to turn on him real fast. Yeah. So, again, he's putting in the work. You see him putting in the pregame work, and there, there's times he shows you the ability to make the basic plays, but even those aren't happening consistently enough. And I think right now, you know, again, you wanted to see some progress there. And, mm-hmm. you know, we see it every year. At the major leagues, you can't give outs away. You can't give away free bases. And Peter Alonso is right now not at the point where you can count on him to, to not do that and, and he needs to get there and it is best served mm-hmm. for him to try and get there you know in, in in camp in you know instruction you know extra extra reps you know at, at the facility in florida in the fall league yeah not at city field right now yeah well he's definitely knocking on the door offensively we'll see if the defense can progress enough to be playable obviously he could help out the mets pretty soon if he's if he's able to just handle the position, doesn't even have to be average, obviously, but if he can improve it. Bottom of the scale is, is definitely tough, even though first base isn't really a position you look to for, for great defensive play. You, there, there is a baseline you kind of have to uh, be able to hit there. Uh, Kyle, we have touched on a number of guys. Are there any other players you wanted to mention, any other under-the-radar guys that you wanted to point out before we sign off here? Uh, you know, there's been a couple of, of interesting things. Um, you know, Garrett Williams, Giants left-hander, uh, you know, his fastball was down, and there wasn't a lot of command of it, but he's had a really good fall league, and his slider has really developed into a nice weapon. He mm-hmm. can kind of, you know, do a lot of different things with and, and really be an outpitch for him that he commands well. And, and again, sometimes in the fall league, you know, yeah, the all-around studs are obviously what everyone wants, mm-hmm. but sometimes you see one thing about a guy that you say, okay, you know, that that's a survivable 
you know, aspect of his game that will help him, you know, be successful at the major league level. Uh, so you see Garrett Williams making strides with his slider. You know, I hit on Justin Steele a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, lefty, saw up to 94, you know, showed the ability to kind of find the zone in, in a couple different ways. And I think that's another guy that kind of say, if you're, you know, a Cubs fan, like, hey, you know, there might be something here we can get from. I, I wouldn't expect him to be, I don't know, rolling through uh, major league lineups 30 times a year as a member of the Cubs rotation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, is there the ability to be a major leaguer there? Absolutely. And anytime you see that velocity from uh, from the left side. Uh, the Rockies guys, you know, Sam Hilliard has been one of the best hitters in, in the fall league. And, you know, I saw him at Lancaster last year. I, I see him here this year. And every time I see him, I see a guy who can really, truly, genuinely hit. A uh, good athlete, can play all three outfield spots, best in the corner. But, Left-handed power with a really pretty swing. Uh, that's someone that can really do some things. Mm-hmm. And then Andy Young with the Cardinals. You know, this is a 37th rounder out of Indiana State a couple years ago, a North Dakota native who had to go to JC, and everywhere he goes, just hits and hits and hits and hits. Started to prove himself this year at Double A. People bought into it. You know, here in the fall, he's hitting no, uh, 300, 400, 500 slash line. Strikes on discipline's been great. Loud content contact just over and over and over uh, you know just hit a had a monster home run to left center a few days ago um, you know he's a really interesting guy and then Justin Lawrence the Rockies this is a an elite elite arm out of the bullpen 96 98 out of a low slot with sink and a nasty slider uh, you know all these guys are people that that you know are not on you know a lot of top 10 lists but I think have a very, very good chance to be big leaguers and potentially, you know, ones, you know, playing a, a fairly regular role, particularly in the cases of Young and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great stuff, Kyle. The Fall League, where you go to see filthy sliders. Uh, it's fantastic, all these guys throwing these pitches. But Kyle has been covering all of this for us on the site. Uh, if you want more detail and more depth on these players, definitely go check out his work uh, that he's been posting online at Baseball America. Dot com. Kyle, thank you so much uh, for the expertise that you're bringing. Um, what do you have next on the docket? What are you What are you uh, What are you watching next? Today I'm going out to uh, watch Forrest Whitley pitch. You know, I, I have not had a chance to see him in person yet, so I'm pretty uh, excited to see mm-hmm. that. Uh, he's uh, taking them out for Scottsdale, where I'll see another another day of Peter Alonso as well, and see if uh, maybe the day off uh, things are a little bit better, but. Seeing Whitley pitch and he's facing Glendale lineup uh, has Luis Robert, Cabert Ruiz, uh, Esteban Florial, who have not hit that well this uh, this fall league, but we'll still be interested to see. So a lot, a lot, a lot of fun players to see any game you go to out here, and uh, definitely looking forward to this one. No doubt. Well, thank you, Kyle. Look forward to seeing what's coming next from you. Uh, thank you to all the listeners who have uh, checked in for another episode of the Baseball America Pro Podcast. If you guys could leave a rating and review on whatever podcast app you listen to. That would be fantastic. Uh, As far as what's coming from us over the next few weeks, we already have the AL East and AL Central top 10 lists for uh, all of those teams. I believe AL West clubs are next. Um, And after all the AL teams are out, we'll be rolling into the National League top 10 lists as we head into the handbook season. We also have draft report cards slowly uh, coming out for every team in the majors, so definitely check out that as well. Uh, in addition to everything that Teddy Kale is working on on the college side. We have high school and college rankings for the draft up next year. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, although it is book season, it is the off season. Uh, we're still constantly out here checking on players and, and giving you guys the rankings, content, draft reports, scouting reports that you're looking for. So 
We appreciate your support there, and thanks again for listening. Uh, for Kyle, I'm Carlos Colazzo. See you next time, guys. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.